And I'm not I'm not made to have good things. Okay. Do you you know what I'm saying with that? I don't know. Anyways Well, I think you are. But anyway. My brain hurts. How do you feel? I feel like someone kicked me in the eyeballs. That's what I feel. Both my eyeballs hate me right now. So yeah. Dutch Angles, the movie. Now it's Hello, everybody. We are Just Another Movie Night. I'm Scott, and that is Joe. Hi. A very kicked-in-the-eyeballs kind of Joe tonight. <laughs> yeah. Um, this is Talking Trash, where talk we trash. talk real trash. And today, we have the biggest piece of shit trash you can imagine. Uh, this is January, where I have made a birthday wish to watch comic book movies that I've never seen before. Neither one of us have seen any of these movies this month. And I think we've hit torture level. Three movies back to back of pure torture. Although I would say that Fantastic Four wasn't the worst. No, Fantastic Four wasn't the worst. But I will say that it 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 shines. It outshines this colossal piece well, of trash. So far, that's a highlight of yeah. the month. Um yeah, you never know what you're going to get, and of course, I'm searching for comic book movies that I've never seen, and since we watch a lot of movies, it's hard. So we're basically finding very hard to watch or hard to find movies. And yeah, we're finding them on YouTube and like yeah, Freevee and weird, weird Yeah, and places. I have a list of movies. A lot of them I can't find. So I found one that I thought, oh, this has got to be the mother load of of bad comic book movies or comic book movies that might be decent. And so I am found for us today, G-Men from Hell. Two hardened government agents wrongly set up are murdered and sent to hell. What the hell are you doing in my tub? First thing we do, set up a PI business. I'd like to hire you. Have you seen these two men? We ain't going back. You're still alive. Who is? Our G-Man. I will personally drag your bones back to hell. Starting to like this could be business. You were both puppets for Bafard, weren't you? Who are you calling a puppet? Back off, Pinocchio. Starring William Forsythe, Tate Donovan, Bobcat Goldthwaite, Paul Rodriguez, Gary Busey, and Robert Goulet as the devil. Look, pal, it's not like you think. Okay. G-Men from hell. Bodies falling from heaven. Actually, we're from hell. Or what should be called Dutch Angles the movie, or Crab and Goyle? No, that's that's not their names. No. Their names are, oh my God, okay, Crypt so it's, and Mattress. Um, Dean Crept and Mike Mattress. Is it Crypt or Crept? It's Crept. C-R-E-P-T. Good Lord. And these are two... <laughs> actors okay first of all can i just start by saying that every actor is a d-list actor in this movie I w i'm gonna say i disagree 
Or you disagree with that? I okay. would say that William Forsyth is actually awesome. All right. Well, he might be the only one that that had a you know any sort of career. I mean, besides <laughs> Robert Goulet, God rest him. <laughs> but yeah, Jesus, this, this was his final movie. All right. So in this movie, our, our cast our cast of characters include Bobcat Goldthwait. Um, we got Zach Galligan, Vanessa Angel, Paul Rodriguez. Carrie Wurr, uh, Gary Busey, I, and I think that's like the major cast that we got, but oh good lord. Yeah, so let's start off the bat. This is Mike Allred from, known for Madman, his comic book, book series. This was a comic book that he did for Caliber Press. I have never read this comic. I have never even heard of this comic book. Until this movie. Me either. And if you've never heard of it, I sure as hell Now, I love Mike Allred. He's a great writer. And he's got such a great, unique art style that I kind of want to read the comic. Because I like the art style. And I like his humor. Wow, though. If this is anything like that, Jesus Christ. But I'm going to say that the problem probably falls on director Christopher Coppola. Now... Christopher Coppola is a part of a gigantic film filmmaking family. family. Uh, he is the brother of Nicolas Cage. And I believe, is it not Sophia Coppola? Sophia Coppola is his cousin. Is his cousin. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah he's related to Jason Schwartzman, Francis Ford Coppola. Uh, like I just said, Sophia. He, Talia Shires, his aunt. Yeah. He... He is uh, what uh, at one point was related by marriage to Lisa Marie. Uh, yeah, Lisa Lisa Marie Presley. Presley, because she married Nicholas Cage married for a little Nicolas bit. Nicholas Cage for a hot minute, and then uh, Jason Schwartzman's his cousin. Yeah, Sofia Coppola was married to Spike Jones for a little bit. Yeah, it, this uh, this family is connected, and wow, oh, wow, is this brother on the? I don't know what the hell. And it just goes to show you that because you're a part of a giant filmmaking family, maybe you shouldn't do film. Because this this guy proves it. Uh, he did a movie prior to this that is insane. With he did with his brother. His brother is one of the main actors in it. It's called Deadfall. And if you've ever seen a clip of Nicolas Cage as an albino screaming, it's from that movie. And it is batshit crazy. And also, that movie blew my mind. Because I had never seen anything so insanely bad. And then this one, I should have known that we were going to walk into the same exact type of oh, thing. Oh, God. Because... I don't even remember Deadfall, like, yeah, at all. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, that shocks me if you don't remember that you one. Have but, to, yeah, we'll talk about it after. But yeah. I... I don't. I need a refresher on that. So yeah, here we are, and once again, the same thing goes with the uh, Deadfall that he does here in this movie. He cannot get over. Now, I would say that he's making a comic book film, and I guess that my brain, as a fan of comics and a fan of movies, my first thought is, okay, what is this filmmaker's idea of a comic book, right? And so I assumed. Well, what is everybody's first thing, love of comic books? A lot of them, Adam West. 
Oh, Batman yeah. Batman mm-hmm. 66 mm-hmm. television show. Now, we discussed this on our Monsters uh, discussion with Rob Zombie. Now, it seems like anybody who's ever watched that movie took away a certain type of filmmaking, which would be the Dutch angle. Now, to explain Dutch angles, it's when the camera is tilted, and so everything is on an angle. Um, Usually, it's used to make someone feel disorientation for a scene, or you do it to set uh, an emotion for the shot. Um, In Batman, Adam West's Batman... They did it all the time with the villains. So they wanted to give you a creepy feeling for it, mm-hmm. but it was so overly used in that. Now, the problem is anybody going forward making a comic book film, I think watched that show as a kid and kind of took that Dutch angle as, holy crap, that's a cool shot or a cool angle. And I would automatically assume that's why he, Christopher Coppola, is doing it here. But the problem is, I saw Deadfall, and he does it there, too. So this is just a filmmaker thinking he doesn't understand his own shots. Yeah. He doesn't understand what makes a shot cool. He's just thinking, wouldn't this be neat? Oh, he doesn't He doesn't understand filmmaking at all. Yeah. Which is very weird, coming from the family that he's from. Yeah, and this is... When I say Dutch Angles in the movie, there is almost not a set shot that's at a right... You know, a fixed straight angle at the, at the right angle yeah, yeah there not, is not one never it's always trying to be an artistic shot and it never fucking works it's always awful to look at and and sometimes the camera's just tilting out of control yeah they, and every shot in this thing is garbage it, it looks like shit and it, it's insane even from the moment one right so usually start off a comic book movie. Now, I guess this is talking trash, so we're just going to jump in and start talking this thing out as much as I can remember it after I mean, just watching I it. I just watched it, and I'm just like, I'm so baffled. Yeah. Like, what, what is this? Since this is talking trash. Talking trash. <laughs> talking trash indeed. We're, we're going to try to break this thing down scene by scene and just decipher this movie. So to jump in right off the bat in the biggest issue with the movie is you want to set up a movie and establish characters. This movie doesn't give a fucking... Does not care at about all. doing that. Like, literally at all. Yeah. This movie actually starts just with Mike Allred's art on terrible font. Well, like an old-timey comic book. But it, it doesn't even know how to do that properly. You think they would show shots and, and bring it into the forefront and maybe put names? They just keep showing actors' names on speech bubbles. Yeah. On and most pop of it, art background? It, yeah, it was pop art, but it was like somewhat kind of like cut off the side, so you couldn't really see what was happening. And that was the opening to what we're supposed to be seeing yeah. in the movie. And this is the actual setup to the characters. Yeah. So they're showing you pages from the actual comic book that are establishing the, the characters. Yeah. But Which you can hardly neat. read them. Yeah, it was and, neat if you could read it. And you actually think... I don't need to read this. This is just one of those opening sequences where you're really just getting a vibe that this is a comic book. So you don't even think that you should be reading it because it's also hard. Yeah. So you don't really watch it. Well, you know, very half much. of it's like cut off the side of the screen and stuff. Yeah, because Weird. nobody uses an opening to establish your movie by saying read these comic book pages real quick. Right. No one does that unless they actually have it on the screen in a way where you're reading it. Mm-hmm. So you don't really even think to pay attention to it. But yeah, this movie wants you to read that 
who know who knew because it jumps right into it and they're already dead yeah so we don't even know these characters we don't get them established we don't know who they are we don't know their crimes yeah so crept in mattress yeah who who are you know just they're instantly in hell they're yeah what there's no like they just skip over any kind of like uh character like any anybody who knew them talking or a funeral or anything like that it was just automatically went right into the hell scene yeah and what's funny about that is the first character we see isn't one of their two main characters it's actually uh sigmund freud Talking to the devil yeah, which in is hell. Crazy, but um, Robert Goulet plays the devil. So Robert Goulet is in a weird painted mask with it's horns not, on his head. It's, he, it's not a mask. Yes, it, it's actually a, that Phantom of the Opera half mask for his face. That's a paint job. That's not a mask. It's a mask. What? It's it's on there, and then there's paint. You can see the outlines of it. It was so weird. Whatever it was, it was really yeah. weird. So it's basically one of those face masks of the uh, Zorro or uh, Phantom of the Opera mask with the eyes slits open, with the eyes painted. And, okay. And then he has, I think, some kind of contact lenses in it and some terribly glued on horns on his top of his head. Yeah, they don't even match up. It's weird. Yeah, and we have him, I guess it's supposed to be funny. He's talking to Sigmund Freud about how bad it is to be the devil. Nobody understands me. Not a soul. You keep saying that. Mm. How long have you been feeling this way? You know how long? Yeah, yeah. An eternity. Perhaps we should move on. Tell me about your mother. You see, I'm really not such a bad guy. It's just, just I, well, it's just I've, 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 I've got this job to do. Everyone has some job, some task a song specialty i keep feeling everybody hates me like 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 it's all my fault but i am not the one to blame come now is it reasonable to believe that people you don't know would hate you it's the things i do i guess i mean let's let's face it i've got to do some unpopular things in my line of work and Sigmund Freud's like, hey, you got to pay me. Right? It's really, really strange, right? He's in hell. He's the devil. And he's asking for money from the devil. I, I don't even understand the joke. Yeah, he said, can you settle up your tab? Yeah, your tab. Uh, at the same time, we establish that these two characters are peeking through a window at them in hell, watching them. As this scene, just think, just to set the tone. The scene is filmed in a an abandoned warehouse with some fire effects. Well, not effects, but some actual <laughs> fire lit around the studio. Yeah. With some extras standing in the background, waving back and forth or acting like they're tied up. Yep. And it's all on Dutch angles. And it all looks extremely cheap and very, very lazy. Well, can I just chime in real quick and say that this movie, when I was watching it, I literally thought that we were watching a movie from like 1990. It was 2000. I wonder when it was actually filmed. Though. Like, if everything about this movie feels, I would even say 1987, 88. Like, it, it did not seem at all like we're in the 2000s here. It feels like early 90s to me. It feels like that boom in comic book movies where in the 90s where they didn't understand the style. Uh, there's a bunch of movies that feel that way. Also, um, video game movies felt that way too, mm-hmm. where it's like they don't know how to make these. So they're doing this kiddie thing. 
with this gritty thing, it's yeah. very strange. I mean, this movie's so obscure that literally on IMDb it has a <laughs> I can't even say it. It actually has a four point five. Oh, it's only like three hundred people. Only four hundred and three people have rated it. Yeah, that's what I figured. But for a two thousand movie, I feel like I should have heard of this movie, and well, I never have. There's no way this got released. You don't think so? I can't imagine. This had to be directive video. Mm-hmm. And since the video age was dying in the early 2000s, uh, yeah, it probably never well, got seen. There's no trivia on this movie whatsoever. The only trivia is that this was Robert Goulet's last, last film. Yeah. So I'm like, well, what? Are... <laughs> I can't. I can't. There's nothing to see on this. So yeah. No trivia. So we 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 meet these two characters, and it's uh, William Forsythe, who I actually think is a a good actor who's been in a lot of great stuff and actually always brings something to each role that's decent. And I want to say he's doing it here too, but it's such a bad film around him that it's almost almost embarrassing to watch him act because you just feel bad for him. Like, he shouldn't be acting this good in this movie. Um, I mean, he's trying, but he kind of has this, like, like, uh, 1940s mobster thing going on a little bit yeah, he's full on doing his character from dick tracy oh uh, yeah he played uh um flat top yes yeah, okay yeah he's also in raising arizona he's been in like things that we like oh he's in a lot that i love but he's always been a great villain in films even when it's a bad movie he's really good in them i mean i think he's he's definitely in this because he's a friend of the coppola's obviously we know that but um, I, I mean, think this is just a movie where everybody was like, sure, I'll, I'll work with well, you or Coppola. He's a better actor than the rest of the cast. Well, I mean, I, now, to his side character, his side actor, his uh, co-star, Tate Donovan. Tate Donovan is also not bad in this. I mean, he's not the worst, but he's he's got that, like, annoying... Um, it's, again, <laughs> it's his character. His character's bad. Yeah, I guess uh, so. So Teton, and I gotta say, Tate Donovan's in super good shape in this. You know, he he really is. Yeah, I don't know how old he was in this. Yeah, I don't know. He looks better he than the, one earlier movies that I had seen him in. He looks like he's super in shape. Um, um well, he's so, not that. He's pretty young still in this. Okay, so yeah, they're these two characters. We we introduce them, and I guess these are our two main characters. We we're just established. We're just thrown at these two characters, and. They're planning to do a heist on the devil. They're telling the Crab and Goyle. Crab, Goyle, where have you two been? Picking out in the Great Hall all this time. Why are you wearing glasses? Uh, um, reading. Reading? Mm -hmm. I didn't know you could read. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. Uh, Crypt? Creep? Crept. 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 Like he crept into the room like a creep. William Forsyth is crept, and he's dressed like a, like you said, a 50s gangster uh, or, or whatever. And Tate Donovan, his name is Mattress. Mike Mattress. Mike Mattress. And he is dressed in a wife beater and suspenders and a basically like a, uh, what is that? Uh, like a, uh, a swinger's pants. And he's got glasses, and his hair is, like, usually gelled, and it's messy. And he's the brute of the two. I mean, he's the reason I thought this movie came out in the 90s, because he looks like that. He looks like he came right out of the 90s. Crept. Yep. 
Just say Forsyth. Just say Forsyth. It's easier. They say crept and mattress so many times that I felt like... uh, I actually thought they were saying um, craps. There's so many times where I couldn't understand. I was like, what are they calling him? There's no need for that, ma'am. We're FBI. I'm Agent Krept, and this is my partner, Mike Mattress. So Krept is telling Mattress that he's got a, a plan. He's been watching the devil, and he always sees that he goes to this one place, and then he goes to a cabinet and opens it and takes something out. Yeah, the devil has a cabinet. He doesn't beam anything into existence. He no. just he locks stuff up in a cabinet. He's got a safe. Yeah, but I mean, okay, he doesn't lock it, no, because... It was very easy for Crept and Mattress to get in there. They just True. opened it. True, but before they even do that, they have to be accosted by Paul Rodriguez. Who's the devil's lackey. Or he's just a demon who wants to be in the good graces of the devil. So he's dressed like a polka dot, okay? Like, he has, he, like, this polka dotted outfit on, and polka dots all over his face. He's also got, like, fro puffs type ha- of thing going on. He has a, a hairdo that looks, he, it, it makes him look like a Hershey's kiss. He, he's just a mess. They don't and, know what they're trying to do with him. And if you were thinking to yourself, well, Forsyth and Tate Donovan are actually trying to act, Paul Rodriguez is, I would say, trying to just like mess around and get a buck. He, he wasn't trying at all. Yeah, and he, so he is out of control bad. And in his this. name in this is Weenie Man. Oh, my God. Weenie Man. Weenie Man. Hello, boys. How's it going, Mikey? Oh, weenie man. What the hell are you doing here? Hell is where we're at, Mickey. Would you? Ah, never call me Mickey, weenie. Please, I prefer the Winifred. Hey, hey, cool it, kid. Stinking devil zombie. Hey, after all, I've got as much right to be here as both of you. You got more, you ass. Ah, hey. Yeah, uh, um, wow. Okay, so he's telling them not to do what they're doing. Yeah, like, don't go in that cabinet. It's not yours. You're going to get trouble. And blah, blah, blah. we know that Mattress is a brute because he just starts beating the living crap out of Paul Rodriguez, who is joking around the whole time. And anybody who's listening has ever seen the movie Spawn. Think John Leguizamo's uh, clown character in that. I don't mind being short, fat, and ugly, but the pay sucks. <laughs> This is exactly what Paul Rodriguez is thinking he's doing. Oh, yeah, but just he just fails at it. Yeah, it's just, well, he also looks like an idiot. It looks like the cheapest outfit you've ever seen. It's just the, the wardrobes like in this. a ladybug. It's insane. a Hershey Kiss hairdo. Yeah, it it's also like, in a fire red color, so everything looks just bad. It's, yeah, it's And it's in terrible. a black warehouse. It's really, really bad looking. So they beat him up, tell him to go screw himself, and then Krept goes into the cabinet and gets this glowing green green rock that also has a heartbeat and says this is what'll bring us back to earth but you have to follow me into a fire pit and mattress ain't into it he's looking at some women and he's like i kind of like hell well yeah there's like some like demons like sexy demon women yeah there's some pole dancers but then they turn into like disgusting people yeah and he's like never mind i'm gonna jump in and they and the best part is like Krept says, "Well, then you stay. That's your choice." And he jumps into the fire. Mm-hmm. Well, as mattress mattress is looking at these women change, he's just standing there. He's still in the fire. He just pops back up and he's like, "Hey, I was waiting for you, anyways. I was just messing around. Come with me." And they jump in, and we watch them fall through a CG nightmare, and they look so bad. I have never seen the cheapest animation. I mean, I can't say I have never seen. 
but it, yeah. it was bad animation. They bad. shrink and pop out of a drain into a bathtub. Yes. So I think we made it. Somebody's coming. So, but can I just chime in and say we have no earthly reason. Like, there's no reason why these two people are in hell. They're federal agents when they were alive. Oh, well, they're bad. They, they're they pretty much right off the bat established they're bad guys. But, I mean, just... One I, one is beating people up they don't tell and cursing. I mean, yeah, but... One's also like, I like the women here in hell. And the other so one's like, I want to rob the devil. Yeah, but... So you that's... already established they aren't good guys. They even look like dirtbags. Well, they believe that they don't belong in hell because they've actually done good by putting the bad guys away. Yeah, through a little bits, bits of dialogue, they kind of tell you... Oh, they're FBI. They were ex FBI agents, and also in the opening comic book, what you can gather from it is that they were murdered in front of their car. Yep. And that. Right. So. So yeah, their fam. His family was blown up in a car, and but they were. But it was they supposed were to be. They were him. shot. It was. It was an accident. Yeah. Well, you don't know that the comic book doesn't. You you can't gather any. Of oh that. no, it's no, nothing from the comic book. Yeah, but it was. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, they jump in. They fall into a. Out of a um the the faucet of a bathtub and they're in a bathtub together laughing together, and Vanessa Angel from uh Kingpin walks in, the actress from Kingpin. And how you got Claudia to quit being so much of the whore that she is. And she walks in and she's doing a Marilyn Monroe voice of some sort, but like an accent with an accent. What the hell are you doing in my tub? She's just doing Marilyn Monroe. I think that's what that is. And she walks in. She's in a towel. Dave, uh, Tate Donovan's character, which is Mattress, flirts with her a little bit. And she's like, get out of my house. You're broken. <laughs> but she's doing the worst acting you could you well, can imagine. She's like worst. this. In my bathtub. Yeah, like, I mean, anyone so else would have screamed or freaked out. Yeah. She's just like, oh, who are you? You're in here. Please leave. But she's doing that Marilyn Monroe, happy birthday yeah. in my bathtub. It's annoying. It's so she's bad. She's very pretty, but I, I just... I, I guess. In this movie, yeah. she just... Listening yeah. to her voice, I was like, yeah, all right, we're done. They, uh, they go out, and you can see the mattress likes her. And they leave. They get outside. They're instantly dry. They were completely soaked in a bathtub. They're walking the streets, and they're trying to come up with a plan of what to do next. And they decide to go find, a, a, I guess, a stool pigeon that they knew as cops and find out what's going on. So they get to this apartment building, and they go into the apartment building, and they find this door, and they they knock on it, and Bobcat Galway comes through the door. His name and, is Buster. Buster, Bob Kekowit, played by him. He comes to the door and kind of like peeks through with the chain on. And Tate just kicks the whole door in onto him and he yeah. falls onto the floor. Which is weird here because I feel like the roles are reversed between him and Forsyth. I feel like Forsyth is the gruffier one. Yeah, he's should the brains. Be, yeah, he should be like the muscle. He should be the, you know, unhinged one that's like, you know, kicking ass. But instead, it's Tate Donovan who looks like he just stepped out of like a fairy tale, you know, with his 
you know, a little perfect hairdo and he just looks like a nerd. Yeah. You know, like it doesn't, he doesn't look like he'd be the muscle. Well, I think that they must have taken, or at least Mike Allred must have taken some um, cues from other things around the, the time that he made this comic. So I'm thinking that he saw LA Confidential and made Russell Crowe the mattress character. Oh, okay. And that he's like, he's got the shirt, the tie and the suit, but he's the brute. And well, I was like, they're, they they must be doing that. It's very weird. And then he made the other one, and they call them G-men in this, which is an old term for cops, right? And that's where Forsyth seems like he's coming from. It that old like, G-man, yeah, that's where he untouchables. Fits in. Right, yeah, yeah, 1940s. So he must have taken all that inspiration from those things. I'm, I'm not sure. I'm guessing because I've never read it, like I said. But, uh, yeah, he kicks the door down. He goes right on Bobcat Goldwaite, and... They stand on him, and then, like, kind of, like... It's like he's they're using intimidation. Yeah. There's someone in Bobcat Goldwaite's closet, Buster's closet. We yeah. can see that some legs are in there and some feet, and we don't know what it is, and it's hiding in the closet. They tell him, you know, who killed us? And, uh, he's like, didn't you guys die? And he's like, no, do we look dead? And they're like, who who tried to kill who tried to kill us, you know? Yeah. And he's like, I'm not sure who it answers. was. Yeah, they want answers of what what yeah. happened? What, who killed us? Yeah. They think he's going to know. Yeah, they're like, uh, we know you knew something. And he's like, I'm not sure. I thought that, uh, I thought you guys were killed. I saw it on the news. And they're like, well, it's wrong. But you have no idea who it was? And he's like, no, I'm not sure. But I probably can find out if you let me up and everything. They let him up. And they're like, we need money. And he's like, well, why don't you get it from your payroll? And he's like, right now it's a little hot. So we need money on the side. So Bobcat Goldwaite's like, all right, I'll get money out of the safe. Now, this is a one. The bed is in this room. There's no, this isn't like a hotel. This is an apartment. This is a hotel room. Yeah, and it looks like a freaking hot mess. Like, it's disgusting. It's in all like pastel colors. Yeah, but it's like in disrepair as well. Yeah, well, he's like a bum. Yeah, but he has a safe. He's got a giant (laughs) cartoon safe in the wall. A giant safe. Yep. He's uh, it's up behind a painting, the whole thing, and yep. he goes from he goes opens it up, and uh, he starts getting the money for them, and basically they're like, uh, who put the bomb in the car? Like, you tell us all the stuff you know, and he's like, I'm not sure with any of that, but what I do know is, and he grabs a gun to shoot them, and they shoot him first. Yeah, so there's like a big blood splatter, and he goes down. Well, and, yeah, he actually get they actually shoot him straight on. Yeah, and he, he he has a bullet in the back of his head. I guess they shot him in the front. He falls to the floor really, really bad, and it's so bad that uh, mattress is acting, still looking at the safe instead of his dead body when he's talking to him. Like he shouldn't have done that. Yeah. So they take all the money, and they go and get new clothes from the closet, and it's like a plaid suit. They get cartoony ties that don't match the time period. It, the whole movie's bizarre and everything that it's doing. And they decide to leave the place and we never see who was inside the closet. No. I don't even know where the where the feet went. No, well, they, for some some reason, I think the filmmaker just thought that or the director thought that it would be 
um, funny, I guess, to have the feet retreat even further into the closet like he's going into Narnia. <laughs> but they moved the freaking they must clothes have. around, so yeah. they should have seen him, but they didn't. Unless there was like a secret door established. I didn't see in it. In this shitty like motel that's literally decrepit, it has that a has a safe, safe it's in possible. it. It's the most cartoony thing ever. So the stool pigeon ends up dead. They tried to... Um, you know, find out what happened to them, like who killed them, you know, what, who killed the Forsyth family, like what happened? And they got zero answers, zero. Yeah. And, and they, well, like the next establishing thing they think they should do is they should go get an office yeah, and start a business. Oh my God. So like, I don't know if, you know, if you, if you ever go to hell and you emerge back out of hell, like the first thing you're going to want to do is find some shitty office building and create a business for yourself rather than go and find people that knew you and try to get some answers. Yeah, uh, or go you back were to alive. your old job and the other cops must right. know them. They must be known cops. Yeah, like... no, they, they just, they, they are listed as, as dead. Mm -hmm. And so they just say, oh, hey, we're going to start a new business, but we're going to use our same names. So... Yeah, they're not, they're not hiding anything. I mean... It's they're they're hiding in plain sight. It's so stupid. It's like okay, you're gonna start a business, like a private eye business. That's what they start, and they put flyers all over the walls. Okay, well, I'm skipping over the whole. <laughs> well, yeah, because it's kind of important is they okay. they go to a uh, a, a shoe shine place named Krabby's. Yeah, that's and on the sidewalk. It's on the, the sidewalk. The There's a gentleman getting his feet shined by this Krabby. His feet shined or his shoes? Well, you know what I mean. <laughs> Could have been his feet. I, I, I often I get know. my feet shined. It's a very luxurious experience. You know what? You know what? I don't think I like their tone. Right you know now. what? You love it. Uh, so this guy's getting his feet, his feet's done, and uh, he's saying this is apparently the guy who owns the building that you can get offices from, and they tell him, "Hey, man, we want we want a, a room." We need an office. We need an office. And this... he's like, "All right, you know, put your name down on this thing and pay up right off the bat." They give him a chunk of money, and uh, well, they, Creek they or whatever his name is. Lease. They sign a lease. They sign a lease right there. He has a clipboard with one sheet of paper on it, and, and all that's I do is the sign lease. It. And they sign it. Okay, sure. Okay, great. Thanks. And he writes it. He writes his actual name. That's how things work. And he writes his actual name. And this dude's like, "Weren't you guys killed?" Yeah. And they're like, "Do we look dead?" So, but yeah. apparently, everybody knows them. You know, everybody like, seems they you know they're scumbag cops. Yeah, they're really established as bad cops. Yeah, yeah. So uh, they get a new place. They go upstairs, and what's his name? Creek out oh, crept crept crept. Now you're making me. It's crept. crept. It's crept. Like crept oh, into God. a room. Crepes. Just say Forsyth for Christ's sake. I'm not sake. saying Forsyth. So crepes. God damn it. <laughs> a cream fresh. Um, he, he walks into the, uh, the building. He's like, this place is a beautiful place. And, you know, Mattress is like, hell, what the hell are you talking about? It's a dump. It's a dump. They go into it. He keeps saying it smells. It's like a thing. He goes into the, they go into this room. They get this giant office room, like, place. And they're like, it's perfect. And it's, it's like literally a dump. Like, yeah. it's just a mess. Uh, I guess we cut now to the cops investigating the murder scene that there is no body of buster he's missing but there is a murder scene and we follow um oh, God. gary Busey. gary Busey and zach gallagher giant <clears throat> trash bag trench coat like leather <laughs> trench coat with yeah. black gloves on his hair is 
up in the air. I mean, he looks he, like he's done a lot of cocaine. He looks like Missy Elliott in that one trash bag video. Oh What's that God. song that yes, you're Yes, yes. Uh, he's, he's, he looks so out of order here. And he walks in. Now, we, as just as in out of order is Zach Galligan is... He's bizarre as hell. He's got these glasses on that are half frames. Okay, first of all, he looks like an old man with those glasses. It was a stupid choice of like props. Yeah. Like, why would you put these glasses on this guy? He he's a handsome guy. I mean, he's he does he's not a you know he's not an old guy. Like, yeah. why would you put that on him? It looks so stupid. the The wardrobe in this movie is it's it's just mind boggling. Yeah, he's got like a giant brown trench coat. He, he, they just look I like a mess. I think they're in L.A., right? This is L.A.? Yeah. And everybody's wearing trench coats. I, and, and also, can I just say that Busey is also wearing... First of all, he's wearing head-to-toe leather. So That's he's got his leather gloves. trench coat. Yeah, trench coat and a leather and leather gloves. And it, it's just... It's so over the top. And it's all buttoned up. None of them are loose. Nope. No, especially Gary Busey. He is completely buttoned into this thing. Yeah, he is. Uh, he looks so big at every angle. Yeah, and these are the cops that are investigating um, Buster's death. Well, because this is a a police movie, that means this Gary Busey's character has a new partner. And so that's Zach Galligan. And this is their first meeting. And Zach Galligan, I'm saying his name right here. Zach Galligan, yeah. Yeah, Zach Galligan, he, he's ripped on cocaine. If you ask me, I don't know what's happening here. His eyes are bulging out of his head. I'm he sure so he's wondering ripped. what he's doing in this movie. Like, why am I here? Because that's all I can see on his face. He looks, he looks super hyped up. Like, he's just so hyper. The way he's acting in this film is bizarre. Uh, his first response to meeting his new partner, which is uh, Gary Busey, his first response is, I heard you're a gay. <laughs> and I'm cool with that. You know, I, I'm I'm not gay, but I like, you know, I don't mind being with a gay partner. And Gary Busey grabs him and throws him against the wall and says to him, now I'm, I'm going to try to get this right. I think he says, I'm a, a leather bound homosexual and I'm going to, I'll destroy you yeah, if he, you he, say. Yes, he says, I am like, a leather bound homosexual and i will break you a raging homosexual I'll, yeah, something I'll split to you that two or split, something. yeah something to that effect lieutenant langdon really glad to have you as part of the team well it's an honor to be here well you know it's, uh, it's kind of common knowledge that you are a uh, a gay that is to say homosexual man and I, I just want to say up front that i have absolutely no problem with that I am a sadistic leather master homosexual, and I will tease your sensibilities. Stand down. I don't have any problem with pussies, as long as they stay out of my face. And Zach Galligan's like, oh my God, like what? It's so weird. He doesn't even react to it. He's just like, okay. It's just very bizarre. Like, I, I, the way Gary Busey looks, I mean, he's actually wearing lip gloss. Now, it, it, they don't know what they're trying to do here. They don't know what they're trying to do. It's like he doesn't look like um, a village person, but he also is wearing lip gloss. So it's like they're trying to make him look um, effeminate, but also like a, a man at it, the same time. It's odd. I, I, I can't get my head around it. Yeah, it's very strange. And what's even more strange 
is the crime scene is completely not the same or right crime scene from the opening. No, they changed the entire room. It's it's the biggest flub I've ever seen. It's there's a now a blood splatter on the ceiling in a bullet hole in the ceiling. Yeah, it, which would tell you that someone shot or someone committed suicide and went upward. Right, it went upward, like or someone was shot him from li- lying down on the floor. So whatever, these are the worst cops in the history of cops. I mean, they don't even. There's like zero investigation going on here. There's no body, but there's blood everywhere. Well, Gary Busey instantly says this is from that that bullet hole was made with this kind of gun. It was police order. Um, he knows what he's doing. Zach Gallagher has no clue. He's the bad cop, and uh, Gary Busey keeps calling him names because of it. Yeah. He keeps calling him Puff or something, Cream Puff or something weird. He calls him different names, like he calls him uh, um. What does he call him? Precious at one point? Something like that. Something it's always like something that. like that. Like, it's always, yeah, ridiculous. But, like, so right off the bat, they don't really have a great relationship. Hey. What? Knock off the petunia business, okay? My pleasure, sweet pea. Ow! <laughs> hey, you know, that is sexual harassment. File a report. Yeah, well, rightfully so. Zach Ellinger has no idea what he's saying. Uh, he's wondering what, he, what he's doing in this movie. I mean, yeah. I'm pretty sure they're all wondering. Uh, cut back to... Uh, uh, oh, and, and to, I completely forgot this, but after they killed Buster, they stare at him and basically tell him to go to hell. Oh, you see that devil? He's a piece of crap and all that. Which we see that the devil's watching Yeah. the same... All their reactions through Buster's dead body. And he sees that they're calling him names. Yeah. And he's like, well, I got to get this, these guys. Yep. He's like, what made them so special? Why are they able to leave hell? And <laughs> this guy doesn't, he's the worst devil. And he's got two women rubbing his shoulders. Yeah, it's like he's a king on a throne. And I mean, it's so, it's just so cliche. You see all these movies with like kings and stuff. And you got women just rubbing their arms incessantly. It's like, okay, this is just stupid. Yeah. It like, it, and also he's the devil. Like, you can literally do anything you want. You're the devil. Yeah, he doesn't know anything. He is completely clueless. He thinks that being the devil means having sexy ladies rubbing on your shoulders. I'm well, like, apparently. Okay, you do realize you're the like prince of darkness. Yeah. Like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> I have no words. Like, I, I mean, Robert Goulet is just, what the fuck in this, you know? So funny. His character is so just awful, and his makeup job is terrible. I, I'm like, what is going on? Well, uh, Paul Rodriguez's character pops up out of the corner and says, I know how they did it. They stole your jewel. Yeah. And he's like, oh. And he's like, well, I'll go back to Earth and get it for you. And the devil's like, all right, that's a plan. Bring them back here. You know, I want to I want to get them back. Okay. That's it. Oh, uh, when uh, when uh, Mattress and Crypt are walking uh, down the street to go get their apartment, there's also a gentleman in Converse and a leopard costume okay. of some sort. Yeah, so they... Standing on the rooftop. <laughs> they make a point to tell us this guy. Yeah, he says... Like... Evil must perish. Looking at them, and he says this on the top of the roof. All right, we're like, oh, that must mean something. Well, he's literally dressed as like, um, like a... Like a cheetah. cheetah He's in a cheetah outfit, but like one of those like big onesies that has a hood and it's covering his eyes. Yeah, it's a onesie. It's a onesie. It's just clearly a onesie and he's obviously one of like a vigilante crime fighter sort Uh, of. Whatever. 
Yeah. Whatever. Well, the best scene ever is that the apartment they've rented, the office building, is now completely changed. Oh, it's, it's, de- it's It seems decorated. like it's only been like maybe a couple hours. Yeah, they got a refrigerator they right there. They even put brick wall up somehow. Yeah. There's brick walling now. It's It looks like a real office, and so we see... We got full-on neon lights. Yeah, we got full neon we lights, and you see the... We have a refrigerator. We have um, some kind of window yeah, put you in. Got, you got a nice neon clock. Like a waiting room for uh, customers to come in. Yeah, yeah. They're so... taking this super serious. Yeah, and they, they, um, they think that their method of advertising is a-okay just by putting flyers up on random walls and literally we see no other humans walking around the city ever there's mm-hmm. like no other humans so yeah. we know this is like on a, a universal back lot or something but it's they don't even try while they're um, putting up flyers um oh we also cut jeez we also cut randomly to a gentleman in a car sleeping with a puppet on his hand okay i need you to explain this character now, to me the, this guy is sleeping he's snoring and the puppet is watching outside the window of the car and we scroll over to and by the way the gentleman in the car is the same actor who plays roger rabbit he does the voice and he also was on set playing roger rabbit even when the director and the people on set said you don't have to do this i'm wearing a costume all day and then the movie comes out and you're, you're doing a voice. Why, why would you, were you wearing a costume? Well, I had to approach it not like a voice. I approached it like any acting part, and it was necessary to wear a costume for that reason. So wait, Bob wait. Hoskins, his reaction was the same as yours. First day, I come on a set with a uh, rabbit. What you tell me? Yeah, you're mine. You're off camera. What are you wearing a rabbit suit for? You're off camera. But two weeks later, he thanked me because what we had to do was create a new style of acting. He had to act with empty space where Roger would be drawn. Oh, I see. I stood off camera wearing Roger's suit, just like he did, and watching whenever Bob did. So if he lifted Roger's ears, I'd have to react to that. So we created a new acting style. A new acting style. And the tune are a lot, of, a lot alike. Yeah. And playing a tune was different because you had to be non-human and yet still have human emotions. And also, I had to come up with a speech impediment. Because all great cartoons have speech impediments. So I came up with that. I never thought, do all great cartoons? I guess they do, don't they? They all do. So they actually fill my face of, yeah. you know, talking like Roger. So they could see how to actually animate that out. And you had this costume on all day. Boy, I, I wore the costume all day. I was off, off camera. And that same, the scene that comes after that, I was in a, a back room. And Roger is getting thrown into that room. He gets thrown into a bucket. And I was off camera, right. and they had puppeteers to maneuver the various props around the, where the animation would later be drawn in. So I'm standing behind this guy, and he yanks the bucket back, and I was directly behind him, and he contacted me in a sensitive area of my body. So I screamed and hit the floor, and the crew was going, wow, this guy's really good. He's really into it. I didn't get up. It's going, he's really out of his He just kept doing it. And he wore a full Roger Rabbit outfit. A very oh, interesting God. gentleman. Well, that's interesting trivia. Uh, so, uh, yeah, he, he's laying in the car, he's sleeping, and we see his hand puppet is moving around on its own and is watching out the window of the car. And then we cut to, we scroll over, and it's like a rich house with a gentleman who is clipping some kind of, like, flowers, oh, flowers. On, a, on a thing. Yeah. And the actor who plays the actual Lebowski in The Big Lebowski, not uh, yeah. Jeff Bridges' dude Lebowski, are you employed, Mr. Lebowski? Oh, wait, wait let, me, let me explain something to you. Um, I am not Mr. Lebowski. You're Mr. Lebowski. I'm the dude. 
So that's what you call me, you know? Uh, that or uh, his dudeness or uh, Duder or, uh, you know, El Duderino, if you're not into the whole brevity thing. Um, he's playing this character. I don't know what the hell so is going on So he's a here. doctor. He's a doctor. He's some kind of scientist. And he's a scientist. Yeah, like he's he, he refers to himself as a doctor. And they're trying to create... Well, that's later. Something. Yeah, but he's telling this he guy works, who's cutting the grass. Like he he's works like, for him. Yeah. yeah, and he's like, we have to work on this thing. We have to get this thing done and everything. And he, the guy just fires him. Yeah, he's like, oh, you know, our, our time has come to an end. So yeah. it was very abrupt, and we don't know what was going on at that he point. He says to him, like, I'm going to work on agriculture. I don't care about science anymore. And yeah, and you like, know, this is the best because, like, we're talking about how I can't stand when there's zero character development. Well, literally, we just cut to this old man trimming his tree and this doctor that we only know is a doctor because the guy refers to him as doctor. Yeah. And we know nothing about either one of them. Like, okay, who are these two clowns? Yeah. What was going on? And then this scene happens where he gets fired and he goes back down to the car and we're just like, okay, well, well what the hell is this? So yeah, what's even stranger is a woman walks out in a lingerie and a ro- bathrobe and sits on the pool and ends like, I guess it's her, his wife, the guy cutting the, the flower. Yeah. His wife just sits there, and she's in full... You can't even tell, but I think it's Vanessa Angel, but you cannot tell at all, because she's wearing these huge glasses, and she doesn't really have any lines? Yeah, and, well, she's... He she yells at her like for being dressed line. She's like, you know, yeah, he's like, why, why are you dressed like that? No, if you could just envision her, she's got, like, this terrible Barbie doll wig on, okay? It's just terrible. Um, you can tell it's a wig. She's, she's very pretty, but, um, you know, she's... She just, she just looks like, you know, regular uh, arm candy for an old man in this. She's supposed to, I guess. Yeah. But um, she we saw her in the bath towel in the beginning. Yeah, which well, you didn't even know it was her then either. No. she was also had a towel in her hair, and I think she had glasses on again. Uh, yeah, so that's weird. You're just kind of throwing these characters just thrown at you. You don't really even know who they are, and you can't really tell who they are. And that the guy got fired, went to the car, and woke up the guy sleeping... And he talks to his hand puppet, and the hand puppet's talking to him, and he's like, what happened? And he said, I got fired. We're on our own now. And they leave. And so we go back to the the, the apartment that they are made into a, an office, and the moving people are leaving, and Mattress stops one of the moving people, who is a woman, and it turns out to be Carrie Wurr from Remote Control and all their crap. Okay, that's coming way back. So, yeah, that's an MTV TV show. <laughs> hey, this is Kari Worm. We're back here in Daytona Beach, Florida with spring break 1991. Ow! All over your body, baby. Woo! All right, I'm standing here with my good friend Scott Kelsey. He's the winner of the 1991 Zarkov Vodka Pass Out and Fry Contest. All right, groovy, but now we're going to check out some of the action from the Lopez Tequila Ironman Triathlon. Way back. I could say, I don't know. um, When MTV was actually good. The Stephen King movie Thinner? I don't know if anybody even knows that crap. Um, So, yeah, uh, Carrie Ward is dressed in a moving person's... um, uh, what's that called? A, a, a jumper or a... Yeah, like, like a, a jumper. It's like one of those zip-up work suits that Michael Myers wears. Yeah, she's one of those. She's one of the movers. She's one of the movers. And he's like, wow, I didn't know... I'd never see a, a mover with such big brown eyes. And she's like, I don't even have brown eyes. And he's like, oh, uh, do you... Uh, we need a secretary. Do you know how to type? 
And she's like, I know how to do 90 words a minute. Oh, no. Okay. First of all, she says she knows how to do 95 words a minute. And then she takes... <laughs> this is... Well, she she looks over at um, Forsythe's character, and she falls in love with him instantly. Yeah, it's like you could tell she had like that comedic, um, you know, like the uh, the fantasy phase, like the fantasy montage. Like she's like looking at him longingly, um, that cliche thing. Yeah, he's like, oh, you know how to type, you know how to do all that. It's like, do you uh, wear a skirt? And she unzips her whole overalls, and she has a full-on secretary outfit underneath. Yeah, like, I mean, she looks... The boobs uh, are up in the air. Yeah, the boobs are up in the air. She looks professional already. Now, she's walking around in high heels after this, and she was literally just wearing a jumper, so she was wearing high heels heels. with a jumper. It was just so stupid. I was like, oh, God. Did you notice the front of her overalls had a circular something jammed in yeah, the front. Yeah, there was something in the front. It was like I don't a giant know. circle. I all I could think was it was her makeup thing, like the mirror. Oh, maybe. And that, like the actress probably was doing everything right that scene right before oh, and stuck yeah. it in there. Yeah. It's this giant circular thing sticking out in the front of her. It, it looks really weird. It looks like she has like, you know, um like a like a headlight for a boob. It was weird. It was I don't know. It no, nothing in this movie makes sense. But why they need a, a receptionist or a secretary or whatever is beyond me because literally they have nothing going on. They're in yeah. this like dilapidated building that's like falling apart. They have no advertising. They have people everyone thinks they're dead first of all. They have only flyers hanging around on the walls. So if someone happens to walk by and just needs private eye, okay. Oh, look. And it just so happens at that moment, as soon as she, you know, starts working there, oh, we have a customer. And so in walks. Vanessa Angel. So anyway, so. (laughs) I was like staring at him like, you're doing it again. So um, Vanessa Angel knocks on the door and um, she tells them. Well, he instantly says, Mattress says, oh, uh, are you a secretary as well? How many words can you write? Yeah, he's just horny. Yeah. So he just wants every hot woman to work there. It's really what it is. And she's but... like, you don't remember me from the bathtub the other day? It's she's really, just... really bad It's dialogue. really annoying. It's, it's, it's... Her acting is really, I don't know what the hell. I, it's Marilyn Monroe. I know that she's trying to do that. She, she has extremely fake blonde hair. That's what I said. Yeah, she yeah. has literally a Barbie so doll she's wig. full on, yeah. It's just so extra. Um, but so she walks in and she's like, I, I'd like to hire you. I, I saw your flyer. And, you know, she thinks that her husband is trying to kill her. Yeah, for the insurance. She doesn't want him to get... He doesn't... She thinks that he wants to kill her so she doesn't get money from him. Well, yeah, because he thinks that that she's going to try and kill him for his money. And so he's trying to kill her first is really what it is. That's what she thinks is happening. Yeah. Um, And (laughs) she hires them to, I guess, in investigate this yeah to, well, uh, how would you even investigate that like like what would you do i mean you could just go question the guy and say hey are you trying to kill your wife yeah, which is exactly what they fucking do <laughs> they yeah. go to his house well yeah before that though like <laughs> what's funny about this is she does point out that they were in her apartment that means she doesn't live with him so it's already like oh something's they're strange they're already something's wrong and by the way just to point out real quick one of the funniest jokes in the whole movie, actually one of the one times I laughed out loud, was uh, they tell Carrie Wurler to walk her to her car. 
and she throws like she has one of those uh, what's that called like a like a not a shawl but like a no puppy, it's a uh, boa it's a, a feather yeah. boa she flips it over her shoulder and smacks Carrie Ware right in the eye and she's in the back of the shot just like oh my god I laughed really hard because I don't I'm like, think that was, was that a, intentional yeah, I don't think that was supposed to be in the script I, I think it made just me happened. laugh and I was like I thought that was really funny and Carrie Ware's reaction was really funny in the back yeah um, that, that was funny but yeah we cut to uh they go to uh, before we even say that. Uh, I guess it's another thing that we forgot was uh, what they show the scene of them hanging flyers and they're in an alleyway and they meet Paul Rodriguez. His character shows up. Oh yeah. He comes back from hell and he comes from hell and he tells them that the devil wants the stone and everything like that. And they tell him to go screw themselves. And you know, he's, well, he says, go screw yourself to, you know, to Paul Rodriguez and you know, we're not going to give anything away and the devil can screw off. And, I, he, Paul Rodriguez for some reason tells them that you can shoot them, you can't get hurt. You can't because get hurt. you guys are like some kind of undead ghouls, but you can't even get hurt. So he shoots his own foot, and it does nothing to his foot. Yeah, he, it does nothing. Actually, it shoots. He shoots his foot, and there's a hole there. But then instantaneously, the hole closes. The shoe yeah, it is rewinds. Fixed. Yeah, the shot. Rewinds. The whole the, yeah, it just rewinds. And then because they try to blow um, Paul Rodriguez away, and they shoot him underneath his chin. But it, it, it does blow his top of his head off, which he licks and sticks back on. Yeah, like his hair. I mean, yeah. Like he's like he, he even says like he messed up my hair. Yeah, like it's a stupid and, uh, scene. The scar under my chin is not going to go away anytime soon. Yeah, just just so they know they can't die. Yeah. Which why? Because it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that's crazy. And now it I'm doesn't matter. About this it, it does because it's stupid. But so yeah, so um. They go do the uh, case where they go to uh, Vanessa Angel's, her husband's house, which is the guy who was cutting the flowers. Yeah, which I literally said was was going to happen. Like, what, how are we going to investigate that he's trying to kill his wife? You're just going to go ask him? Yeah. <laughs> and so they knocked on the That's door stupid. and the guy who answers, they beat the ever-loving crap out of this guy. And he's just the butler. And they're yeah. like, why are you trying to kill your wife and all this stuff? And he's like, I'm not. I'm the butler. And they're like, oh. Like, the guy opens the door, uh, and they start beating him. I'm like, okay, this is why these two characters are in hell. We get it now. We yeah. get it now. That's why they went to hell, because they're just pieces of shit. Yeah, exactly. Oh, big time. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, they go, in and they go, oh, where's your boss? Oh, he's up in the library. At the exact same time, a person in a paper bag okay. has broken into the house. Yes. A he's lumberjack got, in a paper bag. In like, a paper bag mask with a painting on it. And like a face painted on, like you said, he snuck into the house and piano wires and kills the the husband, the old man, the yeah. old man, the flower trimmer. Yeah, he has just killed him, and they're walking up as he um, leaves. I think he jumps out the window. I I don't remember. He he sneaks out somehow, but he later on we see a shot of him dropping to the front door. So I don't even know what window he jumps out of. It's yeah. so odd. So. They go into there and they find him dead. He's got his eyes stitched shut. Yeah. Now, who had time to do that? Yeah. Who had time for that? Apparently, this paper bag guy. So, but when they're in there at the same exact time, that dude in the onesie leopard print is in the background and they see him and he jumps out the window as they shoot at him. They think that he has killed him. Yeah. Uh, They don't know about the paper bag guy. He jumps out of the window in the same place. There's like um, the desk. And they, he jumps out that window. Yeah. Why was he even in there? Why was he even in there? So they go over 
and for some reason, he takes a stitch out of his eyeball and puts it. It just so happens that this guy has mason jars right next to his. Yeah, it's body. very convenient. Yeah, and he puts a, a stitch in there. I, I don't really understand this sequence. Uh, he puts it in a jar and takes it, and they go over to the desk. They have some alcohol. They don't call the cops. They don't do anything. They're just no. like, ah, no. well, he was already killed. Well, I guess that ends her problem. She, she's a now she's gonna get all the money because the husband's dead. Yeah, now he's not. He can't send anyone to kill her. So, yeah. so they go over to the desk and they find his will and they take it. And he put, he's like, well, I'll take the will and I'll take the stitch. And Mattress goes and sees on the windowsill uh, a ripped piece of the leopard print clothes. Like, from yeah, the, the fabric from the leopard print onesie. And they're like, well, he's the killer. But at the same time, the, uh, the butler, who they've just beat up, comes upstairs with a shotgun, sees the dead body of his boss, and it's... shoots at them. And they jump out the window together. Right. Now, what's funny about this is they jump out the window into a pool. Which yeah. would suggest that the guy who had just jumped out the window also landed in a the pool. The two people that jumped out the window, because it was the guy with the bag over his head. But he didn't jump out that window. That's what I was pointing but out. But he would have to run right past them if he didn't. Yeah, but we see him land in the front of the house. It's so weird. Because the butler gets off no the floor, sense. and we see a shot of him landing. Yeah, It just makes no sense how he, how he got there without them seeing him. But, yeah. you know, whatever. Movie. Or why the leopard guy didn't see him. Yeah, and why was the leopard guy even there? We don't know. Okay. Well, leopard guy... I don't know when this happens, so we're just going to talk about this. This just happens randomly in the movie. But the leopard guy has a sequence where he's sitting what looks like a staircase to a roof. Yeah. And it looks like you can see the you can see the outside sky. Mm-hmm. And it seems like he's sitting in the moonlight. And it's all of a sudden it seems like it's in an attic. And a woman walks across the room to him. And he's crying. And he's like, knows justice you know like he's saying some weird shit and he's crying and he's in a little ball on the staircase and this cute girl walks over to him she's like dressed like like a country girl like heidi you know with like the braids and like the um bandana around her head like she's she's milking country country outfit like kind of like that country girl outfit yeah and she walks across and she's like um basically like trying to cheer him up and talk to him and it's like a weird sequence that gets all serious and they're playing some kind of serious music and she goes over to him and she talks him into not crying anymore and says that we basically should be together you know like you you should take the clothes off you don't have to be this superhero and he's like no justice there needs to be someone to take care of, you know, justice and yeah, uh, the like villains. Crime has yeah. to stop. We have to. I have to do it. No and one else like, will do it. You're, you're the only reason I'm sane, or whatever to her. And she goes, what seems like a kiss, or to take his mask off, and he jumps up and runs out into the night. But the best shot problem of that is we see him jump off a roof of a normal house. Yes. So I kept going. Yeah. Wait a minute. Like, what the fuck was that last like, shot? Where are place? they? Um, <clears throat> are we going to learn anything about this girl at all? Nope. Like, and she, she never comes back. She never comes back in the movie. There's zero um, information on her. Or this guy. Or the guy. Or the guy in the leopard outfit. Um, we really don't know who they are yep. at all. And there's no reason for them to be in this movie at no. all. None. None. Zero. Uh, I had to bring that up. I don't know where it happens in the movie because, it, like I, we said, it does not matter. Almost everything in this movie does not matter. This movie doesn't matter. <laughs> it's a piece of shit. 
I can't even believe that this movie was made. It's I'm in shock. I mean, just listening to us talk about it, I'm like, oh my god. Yeah. I couldn't. My mouth was open the whole time we were watching it. But yeah, so he runs off into the night. It doesn't matter. So yeah, we cut back yeah. to the the guys have come out of the water. What's funny is every time they come out of the water, I actually think there's a shot. It's really funny. William Forsythe's clothes seem like they have shrunk because he's got like an entire sleeve, the white sleeve of his undershirt and the, the suit jacket's all the way up in the air. And the next shot, it's back to normal. But it looks like a smaller suit was put on him for a minute. Yeah. It's very weird. Uh, there's a lot of that kind of stuff in this. A lot of mess ups, a lot of strange stuff. You can see people in the background. You can see the camera yeah. crew. I mean, we pointed out a lot of the flubs and the people in the background and, you know, reflections of the crew and stuff like that. But I'm like, at the end of the day, does it even matter? Because look at what we're dealing with. This is one of the biggest pieces of shit I have ever laid my eyes on. And I can't believe that people were involved in this. But anyway, so he runs off. He, yeah. And then, okay. Where are we? Forsyth and Mattress come out of the water. Right? <laughs> You're trying to get me back on track now after you just bombed off? Uh, so, yeah. yeah. They go back to their office. They have uh, destroyed their evidence. The will is completely de- uh, destroyed from the pool. From being in the pool. Um, uh, Mattress took that piece of the leopard print but lost it. Doesn't really matter. It just disappeared. Uh, just like the whole plot line now um, and I know there's more of Zach Galligan and um, Gary Busey now investigating this place, and they talk to the uh, butler. Oh, yeah, by the way, there's like, zero police work going on. You know how you're supposed to preserve a crime scene? Yeah. There's a dead body there. They're just giving the butler the, the glass to drink the freaking booze out of, and they're touching everything. There's no gloves. There's no crime scene investigators. There's a dead guy sitting in a chair with one of his eyes stitched shut. And these two idiots are just just completely contaminating the crime scene. I mean, yeah. there's literally no thought given into any of this action. Yeah. Zero. Yeah. I mean, what's even crazier is I think, you know, the butler's just like, these two guys did it. And he gives them a description of what they look like. And it's a funny, like, wanted poster with their artwork of them on it. It, It's like a child's drawing. It's really odd. Like Uh, a child sketched what they look like. Yeah, they can't figure out who they are. Oh, my God. Um, (laughs) So uh, we cut to now a science lab with uh, the Big Lebowski um, making a robot. Yeah. So, yeah, and also at the same time, um, the guy with the hand puppet, is sleeping and his puppet is also in its own little bed sleeping the cutest damn thing you ever see i seriously don't think it's cute i think it's what the <laughs> fuck like honestly like the the puppet is taking him over rather than him taking over yeah, the puppet especially since he sneaks into the bathroom turns on the light and has a moment with his hand where he cries this actor doesn't talk once no he doesn't it, but it, the it's puppet so sits up in its bed and watches him and is freaking out that he is freaking out at his hand. Yeah, there's literally the no reason for any of this to happen. Like, yeah. I, I'm like, well, what is this? It comes back. Oh my god. <laughs> well, the scientist is making a robot. Guess who's making the robot with Joe? Oh, Bobcat. Yep. Could it Buster. be Buster? He is taking. Buster. It's not his brain. Right. It's his essence. So we learn that he, he was the guy it. in the room, and he, you know, in in the closet when you, Buster you got killed. Later. Yeah. 
And he stole the body so that he could put his brain and his... Nope. His sorry, essence. His essence. Oh, God. I can't remember um, saying it. Buster essence. is upside down in a jar in the back of the in room. In a literal jar. Like, you know, like those big water-filled tanks you see in, like, aliens where the like the xenomorphs are in there? That's what these this tank looks like. It's, like, got green fluid in it. It's ridiculous. And the body's hanging upside down in there. Buster's body. And so he's putting bobcat slash buster his essence into a robot yes I, i'm I, I don't understand he's this is just temporary until we find you a new body yeah he's like i wanted to test that i can move the essence of things okay. and he's like yeah you got me slapped in this thing and he's like your essence he won't stop saying it to him yeah he's mad that he's red he says pink he made me pink yeah first of all he's red he is not pink you know what the best part of this is he just puts on a trench coat and leaves. Yeah. And just walking around. And there's a shot of him ripping down the uh, the posters of the business. And he runs into Crypt and uh, Mattress. Yep. Crypt? Crypt. Crypt and Mattress. Crypt. And he says he wants to kill them. And they have a fight. And they destroy the robot. Yep. His yeah. arm goes flying off or something. Later and on, then- he's being repaired by the uh, scientist. Yeah, but they need a new body right away. So what do you think happens next? Well, no. Well, they, this is the best part. we got to talk about this. He has the robot's parts, and he says he's going to fix him. But he has taken off his head because his head has come off, and now he's just a microphone. Oh, my God. He's a microphone with, with googly, googly eyes, eyes on it. Oh. And he says, let me get you a human head. Oh, my God. And he pulls out a human head. And the actor actually fumbles and drops the robot head and just throws it against the wall, and it's, like, falling apart. It's so funny. He gets a human head. Out, like a basically like a mannequin head out of a thing do you think this is going to come back no no he never actually gives him the human head he just has the robot head back on later yeah yeah that doesn't matter at all yeah no so yeah. it can make sense when the um the the puppet guy who doesn't have any lines in the movie just cries that guy goes and digs up the old man oh yeah that happens a little bit yeah the um there's a lot of things that happen here. The devil also comes and talks to them and gives them a, a time gives limit. Gives them a time limit to, to deliver back the shard, the gem or whatever that got them back to Earth. Yeah, for some reason he allows them to take some time for themselves. Yeah, he's the devil, mind you. He yeah. could literally just break them in half and end it. Yeah. And take them. Take them. And whenever they, he, he gives them, what is it, 48 hours to solve the crime? Yeah, it gives them 48 hours to solve the crime. And to give and them so back the, the rock. We keep getting the stupid timeline, and then yeah, he has to, he has to, you know, get the rock back for whatever reason. Why I don't know. It seems like he has more than one, but because uh, he used one also whenever he went to to Earth. Yeah. So it doesn't make any sense. None of this makes any sense. So then Crab and Goyle go to Vanessa Angel's <laughs> house. They think she's dead because she's in a position where she looks like she's dead on the floor. But she's actually just listening to records. Yeah, she has headphones on, so she's alive. She's fine. She has her own little apartment that that the butler told them was like her retreat, like her, you know. Yeah, which where they woke up when they were in the bathtub. So yeah. they already knew about that place. Yeah, they already knew. So they're there and they're trying to question her what happened. You love like, this apartment, right? You love this TV. I absolutely love everything about this apartment. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah, it's fun. So it's um. So they they question her. Blah blah blah. They ask her if she did it. Yeah, did you do it? No, well, you know, why would I hire you to investigate my husband if I was going to kill him? Like, yeah. That's stupid. So, whatever. We know we, she's ruled out as the murderer. And 
Then then the cops, they leave and the cops show up to and interrogate her because her husband was killed. Yep. And that's uh, Gary Busey. And, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. They show up and they interrogate her now, too. And he, they show him her a picture of the uh, wanted poster. She says, yeah, I know who they are. That's a uh, crept and uh, mattress. Uh, I hired them both to because uh, they're private eyes mm-hmm. to uh, find out about my husband. And they're like, wait, they were killed. They're cops that were killed. There's no way you could have met them. And she's like, no, they're alive, and I hired them. And he's like, well, did you hire them before or after your husband was murdered? And right. then she's like, ah, that's true, before. Uh, and they're like, okay. And then they basically leave to go find Crab and Goyle. And uh, <laughs> Crab and Goyle. Oh, by the way, I have the actual quote from Gary Busey, which is pretty funny. He says, I am a sadistic leather master homosexual, and I will tease your sensibilities. Interesting. That's the quote. Fantastic. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> it's the funniest thing in the movie. So, the- <laughs> I am a sadistic leather master homosexual, and I will tease your sensibilities. Stand down. I don't have any problem with pussies. As long as they stay out of my face. <laughs> they have a funeral now. They have a funeral for the husband. And they all go there. And this is where uh, Crab and Goyle meet uh, uh, Busey and uh, Gall- Galligan, whatever his name is. And they all have like an off. like, And they're like, you are dead. And they're like, no. They're like, look, we didn't kill him. But we saw this person who jumped out the window who did it. He was in leopard print. And they're like, that's interesting. We should team. We should work together. And he's like, yeah, we'll give you the information. You know, let's go over here and talk. They go to a grave. And it just so happens to be William Forsythe's character's family's grave. Yeah, the ones that she, blew up in, in the uh, vehicle. Yeah, he didn't know because he's never been to it. Um, because they got, you know, incinerated and they don't have any bodies there. Right. And so he's never been over there and he becomes an alcoholic mess after this and everybody leaves and they're like, give us information you find and we're going to investigate over here. And so it becomes night and, um, mattress is trying to take care of him while he's drinking at the grave. And just so happens that exact same moment, um, the guy with the hand puppet shows up and digs up the guy's body and they watch <laughs> he, him from afar. He digs up the old man who um, just died. Yep. And obviously we know why he's there digging up the old man because he wants to use his body to put Buster's essence in. Actually, not Buster's essence. They actually want to use it for someone else. Right. Well, that's what we think. Yeah. So, so yeah, he takes that body up. He takes the body and he tries to sober up uh, Crab. And uh, oh, Crypt, Crab, whatever his name is. Crab and Goyle. Yeah, Crab and Goyle. And he tries to sober up so they can go after his, you know, the, the guy. And he's like, first, I want to put some flowers on the grave. And he does. And Which is so, it's so it's, everything that happens in this movie is so dumb. Yeah. It's just dumb. It's so bizarre. It's such a waste of time. It, All of this. I will say that this moment, this is what kind of blew my mind a little bit. The moment with him, uh, like, sad at his family's grave he has like a moment of actual acting and it's actually kind oh, of touching it's like so bad yeah he's actually trying yeah and it, you're like oh wow this is kind of 
too good for this movie That's because saying, yeah. it feels out of place completely it is, out of it, place it is out of place and he's the only actor in this movie that's trying everyone else is just joking around like it's just a joke to everyone else in this movie yeah you lobster faced horn-headed sulfur-breathing cow licker you want to barbecue me for a thousand years come on you're gonna regret this in the morning let's do it come i'm on. ready to go come on come on let's go on me you owe me all right we gotta do this. we gotta solve this case and we gotta do good deeds i don't know you nothing all right this is between me and him you hear me between me and him so um yeah that that that's odd and they go uh i just yeah for i forget i think this already happens too before this uh the guy that they gave money to uh turns out that bobcat goldweed's uh uh money that they gave oh for the lease for the lease in the office was, was fake money and uh yeah, he tried to pay the shoeshine guy with with money that they gave him he takes out a microscope and checks it out and yeah. sees that it's fake money. it's fake so whatever buster bobcat had in his safe to give them is all fake money yeah. which never comes back really that's it it's just they mention it it's like yeah, okay what do we care crook. what do we care for like he's he's a crook well Whatever. the the <laughs> The manager of the place goes and beats them up. They have an entire fight sequence. Yeah, the the guy who leased them the the office. The, and there's a useless fight sequence. It goes on forever. It's useless, completely useless, and it takes up time for no reason. Yeah, um, goes nowhere, and and then you move on to the next scene. Yeah, and they <laughs> they go. It turns out that Paul Rodriguez has come into their place and stole. Uh, he has sat on a uh, a. Uh, was that a cactus? So he backed into and a cactus. And it turns out that the cactus is where he hid the rock that yep. the devil needs. And now he's got the rock and now he's living as a televangelist. Yeah. Well, okay. This is like, why? Yeah. Why? It, it's the stupidest thing. He breaks in their office and of all things, he he's searching the office for the freaking stone and he happens to back into a cactus. And the cactus has in its potted portion the the stone and it seems like had paul rodriguez had this in mind to do the devil would have known about it yeah i mean the devil knows everything so nothing comes back there nothing it's like okay he becomes a televangelist he becomes a televangelist they beat him up they get the rock back and they freeze him yeah (laughs) (laughs) he turns into like an ice an icicle guy uh, and they bring him with them. Uh, they also um, meet and fight the jaguar, the leopard dude. And okay. he's like, yeah. I'm a good guy. And okay. I'm actually trying to save. I was actually going there to help out because I knew there was the villain. He was a villain. Okay. And working on this villain stuff. Really? I, I don't know. There is zero reason for that cheetah guy or leopard guy or whatever to actually be there. Yeah. We don't even know why he was there. He was just thrown in as like, okay, an extra what who is this guy type yeah. of thing and his plot point with his sister or whoever that chick was in on the rooftop or whatever that never came back we don't know anything about this guy whatsoever yeah we never even see his face for real nope. nothing no. nothing and and so they go to the science lab and they have a, a showdown with them and they fight the robot again and it turns out he's like the science the head scientist guy is like why are you doing this you know we're i'm just trying to help people by 
trying to remove essences of things and and keeping them alive and i can make him immortality this way yeah he's just trying to help humanity and he's like well did you kill we thought you killed the boss you know your boss and he's like no i didn't kill him you know he let me fired me i was upset but no i'm just working really hard and we only took that body so we can remove the essence of something and put it in his body and keep that thing alive and he's like buster was my experiment and they're like okay it wasn't you so they go to a church and they bring every single character from the entire movie except gary Busey completely disappears okay from the film. gary Busey has dipped okay dipped. i think at this point in the film he's like fuck you i'm I don't done know what happened yeah he, he just must gone. have gone on a bender and not come back for shooting the next day yeah, I was wondering if I missed something. I, and I actually, no. you said no. No, you missed nothing. Uh, uh, Explanation for this. Where's the chief? You're looking at him. It's my case now. Lieutenant Langdon has been suspended for conduct unbecoming. Snap City police officer. And your prints were all over Graydon Lake safe and Buster's apartment. So I'm taking you both in. Yeah, I get the picture. Give yourself a favor, Stay out of my face. So yeah, he's just gone. Every single character is lined up, and this is going to be that detective scene where they're going to find tell who did it. And Zach Galligan just is there, and he's the cop, and he just keeps saying, oh, this person did it, this person did it. And they're going through the whole thing of what everything happened in the movie, so much so that in the top of the steeple is the leopard guy, and he yells down that he's there too. And they're like, yeah, yeah, oh, I'm he's not, he's not him either. I'm yeah. here. Like, oh, my God, what is the point in all this? They slide in Paul Rodriguez's ice body. It's it's, it's baffling. baffling. It turns out that the killer is the guy with the hand puppet. And it's not the hand guy with the hand puppet. He's actually being controlled by the puppet who is sentient. And the scientist has put his essence into the hand puppet. And he was the mastermind of killing people. And he puppet. is, no, and they grab the hand puppet to arrest the hand puppet. But he is not sentient anymore because the body of the the husband walks in and he is taken over and the hand puppet is now in his body. Yep. And, and the devil shows up. Yep. And the devil's like, this is all fun and good. I don't like coming in churches, uh, but I want the rock back and I want you to souls. And they're like, well, take these souls. So he takes back Paul Rodriguez and he takes back the hand puppet bo- um, boss guy, the husband. And he allows them to stay on earth. Yeah. And they say, well, we're going to be good guys. We're going to do good things now. Yep. And Crypt is with uh, Carrie Wurr. You've been at this racket. Well, if you're going to make it your business. <laughs> Since 1030 this morning. Yeah, you liking it? Oh. Uh, uh, I don't think my back's liking it very much. I imagine not. And the other one hooks up with Vanessa Angel, Mattress. Yeah. You're crept in Mattress, I take it. The private dicks who always get the job done? Maybe. What's it to you, sister? If you are, I'd like to hire you. You know, what's weird about this is like, they are actually judged by the devil. Yeah. And the devil actually allows them to be redeemed and lets them stay on earth. The devil. Yeah. I'm like, okay, I've had it with this movie. Yeah, and what's crazy is the way that I just ran through the plot, it, it, it probably sounds better than it really is. It is a boring, 
fucking disaster. It's a tragedy. It's sad because there are some people trying, but it's a it's just a director nightmare. Some people trying? I mean, uh, we I, really I had nobody trying. Tate except Donovan Forsyth. and Forsyth. I think I mean, they're doing fine. Tate tried. Okay. Even Carrie Wurr is kind of funny in her scenes. Yeah, but she's just a throw-in. It could have been yeah, anyone. it could have been anybody. I mean, these are all D-listers, but it doesn't matter. I mean, honestly, it it, it was a snooze fest. Yeah, it's a real shithole. Like, this one's bad. This one was really bad. Like, even the scenes where I think I giggled. I think I giggled one time. There was a few. Um, there was a few times. It was like... That. We laughed at that Gary Busey scene. The Gary Busey where he, yeah. He, we didn't know what was happening. I was in shock. I couldn't believe it. I was like, okay, th- this is just ridiculous. But Gary Busey saw his way out of this movie. He was just like done. And that's the way I felt when I was watching it midway through. I'm like, I can't believe I'm still in this. Yeah. I, mean, I can't believe we still have this on TV. I just couldn't believe that there was like so many like plots happening. And yeah. all of them were so bad. And un- I just did not make sense that I could not keep invested at all i kept like what the fuck yeah. what am i doing I mean, what am i, I doing I, guys if you're still with us um i thank you but i want to say that if you ever get bored um don't be super tired if you ever turn this on it's on youtube you can watch it on youtube and i gotta say that you just need to see it just to put your life into perspective no. I would say do not watch this thing. <laughs> if anything, look on YouTube for someone who's already reviewed no, it or I something. I am being a smartass. Do not ever watch this movie. Don't ever watch it. If you're still listening to this podcast at this point, I would say thank you so much because I literally am sick of myself because I can't believe we actually sat through this. This one, <laughs> I, I mean... This is what happens when I try to find a comic book movie you know that what? sounds like fun to watch. Oh, you know we love trash. Yeah. This is talking yeah, trash. Yeah. But like, I usually love... That there's so much bad about it, you know? Um, it makes me laugh. It's very entertaining. But this one, literally, it, it just had me baffled as to why. Like, this was one of those movies where I'm just like, damn it. You know, this is not fun. This is not one of the funner ones. This is just trash. Yeah. Pure yeah. I felt trash. bad. I wanted to apologize like eight times. And I just kept looking at you laughing. Like... I mean, I couldn't believe it. So, uh, yeah. This movie's a two. It's a two. It's... I, I mean, yeah. it's a two because I, I giggled just maybe twice. But uh, yeah, I, otherwise... I wanted to give it a one, but it's a two because I I do think there's something there with the the two main guys, and maybe it could have been a better movie if thought out better. Or yeah, I mean, I'm giving it a two because Forsyth is trying, but yeah. you know, and I feel bad I didn't for him. Mind Tate Donovan and him. I thought they were fun together. They had a little bit of a chemistry together too. I I don't know. I don't see it. I thought Tate Donovan's character was annoying, but I I definitely it, this is definitely a two just because of that reason. And I gotta say, don't seek this out. Yeah. I mean, I, I was making a joke before, but do not seek this out. I can see out. why no one's ever seen it, yeah. I mean, I'm sure people who have seen it don't want to admit they've seen it. It's it's really bad. It's really bad. I mean, we we know film directors that are really, you know, they're, they're not great film directors, okay? We're talking Neil Breen, we're talking about Tommy Wiseau, and they've made better movies than this trash. Yeah, somehow those are still fun. Yeah, fun. I agree. I because agree. you can sit around with your friends, and you can laugh about it, and you can, you know, get get into the characters and there's more character development in a Neil Breen film than this. This guy comes from a freaking family yeah, of filmmakers. Yeah, what is wrong That's with you, insane. man? I, I'm like, what? You got to do better than this. And, I, and <laughs> I, I don't know about this comic. I've never heard of it or read it, but damn, 
Yeah. Like, if this was a real comic, and I guess it was. Yeah, apparently. I, I can't imagine that it went past issue number two. <laughs> and I'm so sorry for saying that, but Jesus. Well, you think the concept is... I bet the, con- the concept's kind of funny. I mean, it is because, you know, it's You can about, just tell it's a bad director. It's just... Yeah, yeah. it is. It, it, was, it was adapted for the screen. Shitty. Like, yeah, like I said, I don't exactly. know about what the comic is, but whatever this um, adaptation is, whatever they're calling this, it's fucked. Yeah. So there's my review, too. And I have had enough of my own voice at this point. <laughs> well, I apologize. No, I mean, I apologize talking... to anybody who listens to yeah, this. Yeah, you one. know, if you're still sticking around, bless your heart. <laughs> because I feel like I want to see my own self out of this. Oh, my God. It was a bad. It was what a trip. Two, two out of 10 stars. A two out of 10? Yep. Yeah. Bless, bless you, Forsyth, for, you know, keeping keeping the train going on this one. Yeah. But, Jesus. All right. All right. Let's get out of here. Let's go to sleep. Okay. Thanks for listening, Thanks, everybody. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. Jesus walked with Martha and Mary. You went to prep school, didn't you? The Bible records for us. That's right. <sighs> I wish my dad could afford that for me. All boys. Those prep schools. What were the showers like? Were they communal? My God, you are depraved. Damn. They're still alive. Who is? Our G-Man. It's them, sir. They killed Mr. Like. Thank you. But we have everything under control.